I love that. And it, oh it's my so god! True, though. It, it well okay. I had the most wild. Uh, uh, I've been working touring with this company called uh, Flight of Voices. They're incredible. I love that community. It's a bunch of artists that all come together and play shows similar to like So Far Sounds, but it's everybody playing on everybody's songs, and we go song, 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 Dude, song. Yes, community. It's beautiful. Part of that experience, uh, we were out in Joshua Tree, and it was this really cool show. We were actually floating on a lake, playing for the people on the shore, and you could, I could do this. Unquite like silence, absolute silence. Okay, and uh, they had this sound healing session at like really early morning. Okay, and I had the chance to talk to this woman. I forget her name. I she was such a sweetheart, and she was explaining how how the way that sound healing works is people own stress in uh, in different densities. She called it, and the way that sound releases those densities is it matches the vibration mm -hmm. so what music does like on those live speakers based on what she has told me and like how i've kind of uh synthesized healing through music uh it's it's releasing the enter the, the 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 densities and the energies that are pent up in people and pent up in their muscles it's like matching that tension up. basically exactly and wow. that's why it's such a musical like a, a an oh. emotional release when people go to concerts because they're going they're actually releasing those things yes. that are like it when say when they say that there's a weight that's taken off their shoulders it literally is like that's yeah. an actual thing that happens when you listen to music on a big speaker i i i love this this is this uh, is so I much love this. what yeah. i like to promote like talk about i mean because it's true i mean people used to have i mean the only way the only choice they had was to get these tower speakers in their house right to exactly. listen to music and i don't think we realized what we actually had until we took it away i yes you it's know, so important go then. invest in some big speakers in your house and it's like make a listening room Put on your favorite song. You know, people mm -hmm. always talk about, you know, metal music is my favorite example because I'm, I'm a total metal head. You know, love it. I love all music, but I love metal. You know, I got a Metallica cup right here. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, but uh, I've been asked the question like, oh, or I've been told it's too angry. It's too much. I'm like, well, very much like every other kind of music on what you're saying. People that feel this tension that feels like anger, that feels like rage, they begin to stay calm because they listen to a m music that's very aggressive and very, you know, raging. Mm. And it literally taps, it strings that chord, it hits that chord, right? It strums that feeling mm -hmm. and it matches our level. So all of a sudden we don't want to do anything crazy. It's like, oh, I'm, I feel relieved. The same way when we're sad, we listen to a song that, you know, hits that sad note in ourselves. It pulls it out of us. It and brings that away. It doesn't enhance because people say like, oh, wouldn't it make you angry? Wouldn't it make you sadder to listen to sad songs? I'm like, no, it literally takes on the burden for you. That's why music is so great. I think I think we just like blew my mind really quick. <laughs> I've never thought about it this way, but I, I, I never made that I made that connection. I'm having sort of a moment right now. This is why I'm, I'm so happy. Yeah. This, is, this is wonderful. People need to listen to music on big ass speakers. Yes, that is <laughs> <Bigger speakers>. it. <laughs> I had a listening party for the new Tool album. Oh, really? I and the reason I did it is because well, one Tool is you know like one of my favorite bands of all time. Sure, thirteen sure. years since they released the album, and I have a lot of friends that like them. Okay, and they released the single uh, about two three weeks before the release album. I listened to the single in the studio, and then I listened to it in my headphones, and I was like, this will not do. <laughs> So I invited everyone the day the album was released to come over and sit in front of my studio speakers and blast it because the difference is literally it's it changes people. It does. It rewires your freaking existence. Absolutely. I'm yes, 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 man. 
Anyway, oh, <laughs> we, we went there. We went there. We are, we are there, man. This is already A1 content. So anybody Plus. listening, welcome to the Studio Corner Podcast. I have Nico <laughs> Frank with me. Oh, hi guys. How we one doing? Of, uh, <laughs> one of the most talented musicians I've ever had the pleasure of seeing play. Mm, thank and you. And I kind of want to talk about that for a second. I want to, before we dive in, because I have a lot of questions for you, like I totally want to pick your brain. Please. Um, Sunsesh Sun LA, do you remember that? Absolutely. Oh my so, God, yeah. I, I want to know how you heard about it and how you got involved before I tell you how I got involved in this beautiful meeting here. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, so Sunsesh has, I've been, okay, I moved out to LA in 2015 late 2015 and by the it was early 2016 when I was invited out to Sunset. now it wasn't Sunset at this point it was a jam session that happened I called it the mansion jam because I mean for people who don't know on the podcast this very exclusive yeah it's, it was a, if I'm not mistaken I forgot his name but he's a billionaire Scott Adler yeah he's a sweetheart and I guess he funds loves... Hollywood basically right he <laughs> legitimately funds Hollywood and What's so special about him is his daughter was really into performing arts and because of that interest there and because of his love, I mean, I think her love probably was built from his love for it. Yeah. So uh, he created this stage down in what would be a basement of a house, but it's really not. You can't call it a basement. It's a venue. It's a venue. It's literally the size of a fucking <laughs> And has like the better sound system and it's like the most, it's the most beautiful, absurd place to be. It's like take the stage at the Roxy, put the baked potatoes sound system in there and then put lazy boy chairs with carpets as the like floor. Exactly. <laughs> like I could sit, I could fall asleep on the ground. Uh, oh it's, yeah. The ground is comfortable. Um, <laughs> I think I'm. I think I have at some point. <laughs> yeah, that sounds familiar. No, I have. I super have. We were watching a movie after one of the jams. I helped clean up, and we. I actually fell asleep on the ground. Um, I, I don't blame you. Right, it's the coziest room I've ever been to. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It felt very secret society, though, didn't it? Yeah. Well, it, felt it was so, so cool. cool, man. Oh, because you walked in, you went down this dark driveway of this like mm -hmm. hidden house, and like, you know, this mansion, right? Right. You walk down these steps into like the third building. <laughs> you walk in, you walk down these hallways, and you enter this like lobby, which is like this giant tall room with this beautiful bar and this beautiful art. And then you open these doors, and then there's like a venue. I was like, where am I right now? Where is fucking like Leonardo DiCaprio and The Great Gatsby? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like the Rat Pack. It is it it exactly was, yeah, that. It was, it, was ins it, was, it was like just what a wild experience. Anyway, please tell me. Please oh. continue. Well, so that, meanwhile, I was this. Like, no, I wouldn't say sheltered. That's not the best way to put it. But I, I want to paint the picture of, like, exactly where I was at when I first experienced this. Hell yeah. Because this was the... One of the most hysterical rooms I've been in. Coming from Savannah, Georgia. Having, like, no experience in the music industry other than bars and, and a, like, a minuscule amount of touring in uh, on the East Coast. And going, like, this is L.A. I'm in the most <laughs> ridiculous room ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with some of the most unbelievable players like I have uh, a Colin Wolf who who just if you guys don't know Colin Wolf unbelievable bassist uh, beat maker producer whatever you want to I mean he's just a genius and he's playing bass I get up I'm like oh, I know who that is oh my god that's crazy and then Scott Page gets up saxophonist who who's played with everybody under the sun he did um Pink Floyd's uh is this, what's he did Dark Side of the Moon he did something else um uh, 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 what was it? River, the the um, the never the ending never, river or something like that. I think one of the that newer was the album or whatever it was. I yeah, right. I was there that night. That was the night I looked and I was like, 
Holy shit, we got to jam with him. We got to jam with him. We got to jam him. with this man. Yeah, dude. And he ripped. Oh my god, he ripped. And what's crazy, it was it wasn't sunset at that point. It was a group of guys who just got together and hang hung out and and Sammy and and Evan were sort of the coordinators of everybody kind of doing. And Maddie, I don't know if you never met. Did you ever meet at Maddie? You know, I I barely like got to know anyone there. I went okay. to two of them because literally an old client of my parents uh that knew one of my old my parents old employees that was a family friend he was in town they got in contact and then he was like hey i'm going to this thing in la and i showed up as like a th- fourth of a fifth of a guest kind of thing right uh, and then they told me to bring my guitar i'm like what the fuck oh yeah i was so not a part i was like where am i right? very much the same thing you were like what is going on exactly dude it was it was a beautiful thing and it was happening every sunday yeah and I think I felt just like you, like sort of fish out of water going, I don't know anybody here. Uh, I was invited by a friend who um, uh, they they soon after stopped coming because I think it got a little oversaturated. And that's when the when the the planned performances started happening. So I saw you do a performance there right. of your own music. Now, was that just kind of like, hey, do you want to play or do they plan like they book you as like an artist? Yeah. So. From where Sunset started, it was all about just bringing friends together to jam out and hang out, drink a little, and and do whatever. Yeah. Then they started incorporating live acts that were there to perform their own music, and so it it became half and half. Like jam session happened after four or five acts got on and and did their own thing, and then uh, it continued to grow and and it got s- like so much recognition and buzz that it started doing. They started doing every month. So it was once a month, and then now there's no jam anymore. It's just it's just booked talent, and it is unbelievable the community that has been built from that. Holy crap! Yeah. So just to watch it grow and to watch it turn into what it is, I mean, that's I've been so happy to be a part of it. Just to watch that, man. It's it's. So beautiful. are you still are you still going there and stuff? Are you still? Uh... Whenever I can, uh, I I try my best, man. I. I they're such good people, and I want to show up as much as I possibly can. So. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't been in a minute, but I'll I went twice, and I was like, I, I loved it. I don't know why yeah. I stopped going. I, I didn't, well, because the my contact just wasn't there anymore, and I was like, do I show up? I don't know how this works. Everybody, if you know about it, you're welcome. That's that's absolutely amazing. welcome to go. I think it's incredible the fact that he did he did what he did, Completely. built a venue and invited people like you. I mean, the, exactly. t- the people that I got to discover and meet, like Christina Vane. Do you remember? She uh, played. She sure. was very like folky. She plays a banjo. I, I discovered her at uh, at Sunset LA, and I still follow her till this day on Instagram. Love I love her music. She's a total freaking badass. One of the most talented artists I've like seen. I'm like, how many people did I just like? I went there once, twice, didn't talk to much people, and I'm like, I just like made an entire. Just I was blown away the amount of right. people that came out of it. So I can't imagine what they're doing now. Oh, just I love that. Totally yeah. wild. So you so you got invited. How soon after moving to LA did you get invited to this though? Oh, God. so I moved in September. I was invited in January or February of 2016. So, so you really like immediately got the taste, like <laughs> immediately. Yeah, it was wild. Well, that it's funny how you kind of. Uh, actually, this is a this is a funny story, and it it is exactly where I'm going with this. But uh, <laughs> I moved to LA, the Trader Joe's on Vine Street in Hollywood. Okay, right. So my okay. first time at Trader Joe's in Hollywood. First time, 
I am fish out of water going, I am still wearing salmon pants and Sperry's. And I'm like, what am I doing in LA? And uh, uh, I remember picking something. So this lady dropped something from her, her cart and I grabbed it. And I was like, oh, hey, you dropped this. And she was astonished that I, one, acknowledged oh. her existence, said hello, and picked something up of hers that... Which, I mean, that should just be human courtesy, right? That's natural outside of L.A. Exactly. <laughs> and she's like, you're so sweet. Like, it's so nice to see somebody smiling genuinely. And my heart's racing going, did I make a terrible decision with moving to L.A.? What have I done? Well, that's and, some, that sums a lot of what it was up. You oh, know? completely. And, and to just put a cherry on top of the situation, this guy who is the most stereotypical L.A., like, if anybody thinks of the caricature of California, this is that guy. <laughs> Massive, like, super long blonde hair, holding a, a longboard. His head just, like, pops up out of the side of the, the aisle, and he goes, Yo, your vibe determines your tribe, dude. I swear on my life this happened. Your vibe determines your tribe. Your vibe determines your tribe. And I j broke down laughing. Like, she and I were in hysterics. I'm like, okay, no, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is great. Wow. And what an incredible... Ex I'm sorry, that blows my mind. You have the hysterical. greatest L.A. welcoming ever. Hysterical. In a Trader Joe's. <laughs> like Trader the fucking Joe. godsend to L.A. <laughs> exactly. Go ahead, go ahead. I love oh, this. my God. And, and so I'm sitting here just like, what the hell? And two months in, I finally... Like that energy, I guess, that I was putting out or that whatever you if, if you're spiritual, whatever you want to call it like that, whatever yeah. brought me to exactly where I was supposed to be. And that was at Crave Cafe where there was the most unbelievable open mic going on. And I was I was jumping open mic, open mic every night uh, my first year with one of my buddies, Eddie. And we found ourselves at this open mic called uh, at Crave Cafe in Studio City. And man, I met. The first night that I went there, I met every single one of my, what would soon turn into be one of my like best friends wow. for life. Like I, I've, yeah, I, I met Dylan Dunlap there. I met the guys that brought me uh, to Sunset to Sunset there. I met, uh, it was such a sparkling community. Like wow, everybody man. there is doing music full time now, and that's to watch everybody sharpen each other's work and. And like they say, uh, iron sharpens iron. Whatever you, whatever you want to use yeah. in that circumstance, that's what was happening. There was such a little scene, such a little pocket, and everybody was so curious and showing you songs. And every week, Tuesday night, uh, seven to ten, and then we would all hang out afterward. I mean, it was just magic. It was exactly yeah. where um, everything, everyone in that community was supposed to be at the time. So, I th I think uh, I think what I'm hearing you say is. A beautiful circumstance presents itself, yes. But I think mm -hmm. what the most, from an outsider's perspective, the most important thing I'm hearing is the fact that you walked into that and accepted it and mm. let yourself be immersed in it. Mm. And yeah. as musicians, especially walk as creative people, as artists, to walk into a situation where there are other people doing what we're doing, for you to walk in and accept people, say, hey, this is a community, it's magic, it's sparkling. Like, listen to the terms you're using. You basically like manifested this incredible experience and you build these relationships mm. more often than not, I'd say 99% of the time us artists, us crazy people will walk into that and be standoffish and not want to get, you know, we, it's nerve wracking. It's scary. It's, you know, exposing, it's vulnerable. And I think your attitude is why things have been so beautiful and like, so presented to you. Oh, cheers. This is, Thank this you. is a, I, I love hearing this, especially with how talented you are, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Please continue. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, that, and I definitely want to speak on that because it was more 
because I I went on. Excuse me. Sorry. Let me stop. My words are getting ahead of themselves. Um, I went into the circumstance uh, open, and I think that that was the most important thing, because a lot of those people taught me how to to navigate the musical circumstances that I was in, and I think that uh, uh, recognize you never really recognize a good thing till it no longer exists, mm. and that was so special, and we really didn't know what we were doing at all uh and now to be to be on the other side of it where it doesn't that community is kind of spread out all over the world now uh to look back and go wow that that shared mentality was a was a result of the community was a result of the general consensus of how we treat each other as artists how we treat each other as musicians and friends and what we kind of expect out of each other because that it wasn't necessarily expectation but it was this co-excitement this Ooh, this thing that. that was generated that like we all were a part of and we were all were accepted and open to and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a result of my own vibe or everybody else's it was just our like how we saw each other it was completely open it was completely vulnerable wow but through that vulnerability i think we all grew together and we all were able to build something that i you know i, I think will be timeless memories and timeless friendships and making and, music in the process which is timeless right exactly <laughs> yeah and and hopefully the product is timeless from that and i think that you know knock on wood here let's make something fucking timeless <laughs> oh yeah i like that co-excitement yeah. though that, yeah as i feel like it's never it's very rarely described like that if ever co-excitement mm. about each other and yeah. being fans of one another i think that that's so special that was so special that's it's also so rare in la too and learning that man yeah Good for you man i'm so happy to hear this i love hearing this <laughs> Cheers. Building the building those small communities because you're right. You don't you never know where that's going to go when you put a few people that believe in something that requires extreme depth, mm -hmm. but they there for each other in the deepest part of it. Exactly. It, there's no other. There's no bad outcome to that. <laughs> there's just no bad outcome to that. Um, so regarding music, and I like what you're saying because I read your little. Uh, I don't know what like your bio, that little page you sent me. I loved yeah. it. I thought it was so professionally done. I thought it was Cheers. so. I was so jealous. I was like, this guy's got it down. Oh. Um, but I loved Cheers, the man. the quote that they whoever wrote it they used that you talked mm -hmm. about, and you talked about music, what music is to you, and it's a it's a way to celebrate yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I, I think I have a somewhat of an idea of what that means to me, but I want to know what you really meant by that because I feel like you're tapping into that right now with this story, the idea of celebrating yourself. Oh, I'm so, well done, man. I, I, I've never been asked that question before, but cheers. That's one of my favorite things to talk about. Uh, I'm excited. So when I, was, uh, when I was growing up, music has always been my therapy, my go-to, my release, as we talked about earlier with the whole you play a sad song and you're not sad anymore sort yeah. of thing. Now, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I think I think through music, I discovered my own voice and discovered my own purpose or not necessarily. I, I, purpose sounds so God given yeah. that I'm like, I don't I don't know if I want to touch that word, uh, but I think the better word is more so my, my own comfort within my own skin. Mm. And especially in a time where we are so wrought with uh, uh, social media being one of those things that does this, but but so wrought with like self-deprecation or self-comparison, mm. and I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is music has always been that center point, that that centering uh, uh, action, 
And when I partake or when I when I start playing music, I sort of forget and detach myself from anything else that can take me away from that moment. Mm. And what I love about it is it is a celebration of self because once you detach yourself from the words and the judgments and the the bullshit really you go oh wait i love myself what what how have i forgotten I feel this so good i feel so good yeah. and my voice matters and that was a huge thing you know being uh, going through what i went through uh uh being heard was like my greatest fear or not being li- not being heard was my greatest fear and I think as a result, when when you start playing music and when you enter that conversation of a band or a, a song setting or no part goes uh, unnoticed and no part goes mm. without being important. And if you're playing with the drums or you're playing with guitar or keys, each one has its own voice and each one is so paramount to the groove and so paramount to the moment that when just like the audience is, is paramount to that as well, the listener, like this is all for them. This is all for us. And when you, when everybody's acknowledged and everybody is heard, everybody can celebrate themselves and, and feel like they're being celebrated. And that to me is the most important thing. When I'm on stage, when I'm off stage, when I'm writing, it's like, how can we feel this? How, how, wow. can, how can we all come together? How can we all be celebrated in this way? Because that's the point. I, I feel like people were... Like we're now discovering it, but people were meant to communicate with music. Oh, hundred percent. It's the universe. It is the universal language. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, my whole argument with with music and why is it, um, you ever you know the theory of gravity waves? You ever hear someone talk about gravity waves? Hmm. Einstein had this theory no. of gravity waves. Gravity waves could be what measures everything in the known universe. They thought well, he was crazy, obviously because he didn't have the technology. A few years ago, I don't remember quite the day. I don't remember the name of the physicist, but he took up those studies and he built machines and they had the technology to read gravity waves, right? Holy shit. So what do they do? They find two black holes near each other, starting to face each other, right? And what's the other dimension, the other side of the black hole, right? Quote unquote dimension. Um, So they were able to track as they got closer and they pulled what what, what was on the other side of a black hole out into our universe. And it could have been anything. Whoa, 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 whoa. So what you're saying... Sorry. No, the two black holes, they sucked from each other. Gotcha. Okay, so they're... And what came out... And, like, reversing, sort of. Yeah, like, turning each other inside out. So the other side of the black hole came out. So we got to see for the first time in history, right? Holy shit. So gravity wave. It was a gravity wave. It was a wave that came out. And guess what it was? Of all things that could have come out of the, uh, quote-unquote, other dimension was a pitch, it was a sound, and it was the exact middle note C that the human race has did, like, basically based the entire music off of. And I'm like, how can you tell me that sound vibration, musical instruments, music itself is not more important to the actual existence of everything, right? Holy sh- you're you're telling me that that pitch came out. The exact middle note oh, C. Oh, how beautiful. That's the most amazing, that just made my day. So when you're playing that show, when oh. like you talk about celebrating yourself, you're literally celebrating the existence of human beings, of us being together. I mean, Amen. that's what it is. It's not, and like you can make it spiritual. You can get deep and we can sit here and talk. And I love talking about, I love that people take that, you know, take, uh, take that uh, perspective on music. Cause sure. it is that, it comes from that spiritual place. Mm. But it's simplest, purest form is that we have to. We I love meant that. To, exactly. You know? I, I love that. Go, yeah. Completely <laughs> detached from spirituality. Yeah, exactly. That's what it, it it's reminding us what is versus what isn't. And mm. that's what I love. And words, judgments, that takes the the role of what isn't. And when you bring 
a community of people playing music, listening to music, whatever you want to call it, together in one room, that's what is. That is the simplest how how you said it beautifully man that's that's how it's supposed to be well another another quote you had sorry i've never quoted someone before by the way this is actually <laughs> kind of like having quotes this is pretty sick i love it man this is uh, great <laughs> I, I, well, I loved what you said because it was like literally two lines and the was like there's so much in this uh. you said a pocket for people to put down their problems mm. and like yeah it makes sense yeah people can put things aside and they can be in that moment but i like that you use the word pocket yeah. one because being in the pocket right, right. you know <laughs> stay in the stay in the pocket hey. um but two because it very much is like these little pockets in our in our human existence in our world and like the the you know the conscious dimension whatever you want to call it this mm. real everything these little pockets at these live shows when you're with other people and there's just music in the room it's like this pocket outside of time space and everything we understand because it feels so real mm -hmm. and i love the idea of because I, I can totally see like if you like zoomed out on the planet and you saw all these venues and music just little like purple little, ball, little purple <laughs> things like those are those are the pockets i, yes. I love that it's it's such a it's so simple. You would, you know, so many people could read that and brush by it, but something about the way you had said it, or at least the way I read you saying it, mm. really struck a chord with me. I was like, I fucking love that. Oh, cheers. Well, because that's exactly what it is, man. It's little moments where we all get reminded of why we're here. We're, we all get reminded how simple life can be. Yeah. And simple relationships can be, and simple communication can be, and how the layers and the lenses that we put up between each other, those are the, those are the problems, not people. Yeah, it's oh, the I lenses. So oh, I think man. music removes them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I like that. It's not the people. It's everything we put in front of us. We, yeah, mm. I dug that. I dig that. Hey, cheers. Um, so <laughs> with this, so I mean, obviously, if you, it's your job as a musician, as a performer, to mm -hmm. step on stage and get people there, right? It's sure. Your job. So there's a presentation factor. Now, when I've only seen you play once, you know, on the stage at Sunset, mm -hmm. I've seen you on, you know, you on the YouTubes and things like that <laughs> and Instagram I've seen like you're obviously a very very good performer you, you. you perform at a top level you're you inter you know that you know rule number one rule number one is you got to entertain yeah that's, fine. that's rule number one <laughs> yeah you, you got to entertain that's your job you have to do right. that so the presentation for you is is it different for you on stage when you're and then off stage as a creative, as a musician, as, as a person, is the presentation different for you? Are you trying to amplify something on stage? Are you trying to just bring the you know purest form of you, or do you have an act that you know is necessary to get people to where you want them to go? Oh gosh, okay, so I think people would be surprised that I'm a lot quieter in person. Uh, that like it might, uh, <laughs> no. Um, the, the initial answer to that is no it's all the same okay and I've fought so hard to get to this place where I feel comfortable uh, enough where I I don't question myself and, and I think here I don't, I don't I'm not gonna claim that that's a permanent thing but that's a state of mind that I prefer to be in uh, versus not okay and on stage I think it's most apparent because I go okay well people are here to see and be entertained right um so i'm allowed to just be completely good to go like i'm fucking on like yeah let's let's do this <clears throat> i'm excited i'm energized i'm uh yeah energized is the perfect way to put it off stage i think people will definitely see that i think it's more because i'm talking and conversing where I sort of have a plan of what I'm going to say to introduce the next song and how I can kind of poke at the audience and have them poke back. And, yeah. and it's all about give and take and play and teasing and, and 
that's my that's what I love to do on stage. Well, you have uh, to seduce them into what you're presenting. Right, you're flirting. Yeah. You're flirting yeah, with the audience. Absolutely. How do you tease them? Like, come here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, off stage, when I'm speaking with people, I love to take my time and I love to be. I'm honestly just a very like. I consider myself a quiet person. Now, I don't know if that really lines up too much with being a uh, uh, a musician or artist, but that's just me. So I think it does. <laughs> sure. Cheers. I guess I know exactly what I'm going to say with the songs and the message through the songs, and I'm allowed to be completely shameless with that, but I love to... Yeah. Uh, okay, getting back to the question, sorry. You're good. You're good. Do your thing. There's no act. There's no me trying to take put a layer on or be more or less than I am. I just... Yeah, it's just... I, I've fought way too hard to be comfortable in my own skin to do anything else at this well, point so i think it sounds like you're not, you don't have to you don't push yourself to do anything you're not never oh my god but naturally you you amplify right naturally I, that that's a perfect way to put it yes uh on stage i will i will be way more aggressive and way more energetic because well yeah i got a stage to have fun why not fucking own it you know, you know what for me the most comfortable place i've ever been in my entire life is on stage and when i when i started performing and the point of this is when i started performing i felt this entirely you know quote unquote new person come out mm. and i was just like i was you know i live for this is all i want to never want to leave the states this is where yeah. i belong and then I stepped off stage and it wasn't like that. And I, for, a, for a minute, I thought, am I someone else on stage? I'm like, it's not that. I think the most purest real form of me just came out because on stage as an artist, as you know, you don't get to hesitate. Mm. There's nothing stopping you. You, can't, you don't have time to stop and think about what you're doing. It is the truest, most natural form of you. I love that. So when you're yeah. not on stage and you're not that, it's like, well, I'm living my life with these, like you said, these screens. Mm. And what did the, you know, that you have, it's for me, it's about getting closer to who I am on that stage because not, not as aggressive. Obviously, I'm obviously not talking to a crowd all the time, <laughs> but it's that feeling inside, you know, when you're just like, there's no hesitation, like you're in it, you're doing it. You can't stop. You're teasing, you're flirting, you're talking, you're, you're picking up on things. You're seeing these faces. There's so much naturally happening that when we step off stage, now we're thinking about all this stuff and trying to think about what we want to say, what we want to do. And it's, it's just crazy to me. So that's why I was like, I want, I was like, do you have like a, a, because I, I I think a lot of artists have acts, mm, mm -hmm. which is fine, and maybe that's what they need to do. But I sure. think if they b broke that down a lot, that act would be a lot more about who they are than who they are off stage. I I from what you just said, I couldn't relate to anything more. That is so <laughs> well put. I yes, exactly. Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, artists put on acts. That's great. Uh, they have. It's part of the. It's part of the the story. You know. Yeah. I can't I can't get on board with my own version of that. I I feel you. I'm <laughs> Yeah, I love what you said about the lenses. They come on once you step off stage. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And maybe it's just a, a lack of presence off stage or unknowingness of what's going to happen cuz if you spend enough time on stage, most of the time you're going to know what is going to happen. I don't know. I don't know if I want to say that. But it's like there's only so much that can happen on stage. Yeah, and so when you're off stage, of course, that those the 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 things that can possibly happen just skyrocket and you. Yeah, overthink. it's like infinite, right? Right, infinite possibility. Uh, well, who knows? Yeah, maybe maybe I'm just speaking out of my own ass right now. Who knows? Well, I think the other thing is too being on stage, like 
you know, when we're not on stage, when we're talking, we feel like immediately without even consciously realizing that we have to try to win this person over. Right. Like we have to sure. get them to like respect us enough to listen to what we have to say. Mm -hmm. And then we can think about what we're going to say. Mm -hmm. But when you step on stage, it's like you've already won them over. You're on a stage right. and they're standing looking at you. They don't have to like you, but you've already won that initial look at me over. Right. Oh, there's somebody here. There's somebody here. Who's Hi. here? Oh, Vic, I'm in the middle of recording. You have to go. You have to oh. go. <laughs> Sorry about that, everybody. No, all good. All good. Um, it's great. Uh, anyway, so you you kind of like break that barrier of like uh, you already have you already have their attention. Mm -hmm. So now it's just I have to prove myself. So there's not a lot to lose. There's only to gain, right? Totally. And I think it's a, a matter of thinking versus not thinking. And you nailed it with that. That is the difference. When you're on stage, you almost allow yourself to just act. It's pure action. It's impulsive. It is exciting, and you're you're not really questioning anything yeah and off stage i think the character and the personality gets clouded sometimes with thought which is fine like it's part of being human totally but like that's why it's so great to perform exactly. right that's why that experience is so that's why it's so easy like I don't, I mean, i'm sure you've been to a show where you've seen your favorite artist in a stadium mm. like i saw Meta mm -hmm. i've seen metallica so many times oh my god but i remember i was in a <laughs> yeah right back i got an m on my back yeah. too <laughs> i was i was in ohio and i was in like it was like this soccer stadium. It was Rock on the Range, this big festival, oh, and and uh and Metallica was playing, and I was like the farthest away, the mm -hmm. farthest away. So many people, and James Hetfield steps up, steps up to the mic and like says something about you know you know uh, he's introducing a song called Moth into Flame, which is all about you know being seduced by the fame and the riches. Mm -hmm. And he makes a comment. He's like, you know, I've lived I lived a lot of life. I've seen a lot of things. I've ex experienced a lot of great stuff. And at the end of the day, I can tell you, man, just have some good friends. Mm. You guys said it to so many people, right? And I was all the way in the back. And like, it's obvious, obviously wasn't talking directly to me, but I, fe I never felt more personal oh. in my entire life. But I'm surrounded by all these people, right? But I'm like, but he's right. on stage. But like, that's what that is. There's a barrier that we don't even realize is there that's immediately broken. Mm-hmm. And it was just Absolutely. such a personal experience. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> oh, I love that, man. Wow. So I, some yeah. great friends. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that blew my mind. I was like, damn, I was expecting something else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how beautifully exact that is. That's just the one of the most easy truths there is. Just surround yourself with people you love and vice versa. It's hard to do that, isn't it? Yeah. I think the, the, the less we try, the easier it is. Yeah. It's funny how that works. Well, a lot of time, you know, the wrong people can slip in. You don't even realize it, you know? Mm, definitely. We have to take responsibility for that, though. Especially as musicians, as Completely. artists, you know, we, uh, we're we sensitive people. Totally. Totally. Very sensitive. <laughs> yeah. So, as we were pouring ourselves a cup of coffee before, you mentioned something about art school. So, you weren't always a musician. Uh, I guess the label was was teetering uh, against another place, sure. Um that being like, I, I define myself as a as a designer versus musician. And um, so, what what was like the process? Like, growing up, like your passion. Did you think like I'm gonna grow up and be a rock star, or you think <laughs> I'm gonna grow up and like you know what was what was that dream that led into all this creativity? Uh, so, growing up, my dad was a drummer. Oh, you musicians, and, nice. right? So that was just sort of how we connected and how I learned to connect with people. And I didn't realize it was where my heart was at until later on but it was always crucial it was always the center vein of everything that i did and and i knew that music was like something really special about it and i was drawing a lot growing up i i loved sketching i loved building things legos were my favorite toy 
and my dad was an architect as well by by uh, trade and and seeing that world and seeing the world of a possible I was going more towards the industrial design uh, instead of architecture which is like architecture but for products for problem solving and that sort of stuff but at this yeah the entire time I was so in love with music and, and I spent all my weekends playing guitar and any spare hour that I had not doing homework I was playing guitar and writing songs hell yeah and yeah, ever since I can remember man it was always that and it took me a while to to finally turn to it and say no I'm taking you seriously now music I'm thank you I, I realize now you are the centerpiece here uh, but I, I tricked myself into thinking it was something else for a little too long. Wow. But music school, or excuse me, art school was perfect, exactly what I needed in that moment. And I'm so thankful I went to SCAD Hell yeah. in Georgia. Uh, that was, yeah, so important in my life. So important. I love that. I like that. Uh, I like that you look at it that way. The whole idea of music, I, I now understand what you are and who you are. Mm. Like, you you have this place that you're demanding in my life and I can't deny it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's interesting. I love because that's totally how, you know, passion works. You know, mm -hmm. passion isn't necessary. And I talked about this with a friend of mine a few episodes ago. He's a magician, actually. Mm. Very just incredible human being. Sick. Um, but he, he he once told me passion is physical. And I loved that because Whoa. he's like anything you're passionate about has a physical attribute to it. There's something that involves you doing. And he's like you can't live without doing that. That's how you know it's your passion. You can't mm. avoid doing that. He's like, if you can avoid doing that, you love it, but it's not a, It's not necessarily like a passion. Like the passions are the things that you just can't avoid doing. And so when you when you say when you talk about like how music like I now know who you are. It's like you're like, all right, I can't fight you, you know. Right. So I I, I, I I get props to you because a lot of people can't just accept that. Mm. You know, it my, was the scariest decision of my life for sure. I don't, I don't doubt that. That's, that's a huge decision. I'm glad you made it though. Hey, <laughs> me too. Uh, no regrets, man. No regrets. Uh, I'm uh, I'm very glad you made it because <laughs> one, you're incredibly talented. You have Thank a beautiful you. voice. You're a good songwriter. You're a great performer. And my personal favorite, you're a damn good guitar player. Hey. <laughs> oh my God. I have been playing guitar for 20 years. All right. I started when I was five years old, mm -hmm. played till my fingers bled. I loved Love it. it. It's what I do. And as I grew older and as I became a teenager and as I became a young adult and all this stuff, I see more and more people performing because I play a lot of acoustic gigs. Mm -hmm. They're not bad. They're not, you know, they're they're play playing music and they're sharing it. And I'm glad that people are out there doing it. But you can tell people just half-ass the skill part of it. They half-ass mm. the hard work that you have to put in to be a good musician. Sure, sure. And the people that don't half-ass it are working behind the scenes, not getting recognition, which is fine. There's a whole industry for that. It's totally. frustrating to me. So when yeah. I saw you play, I'm like, holy shit, he can play. Like, this kid can play. Like, this guy Thanks, not man. only writes songs, but, like, he's throwing out some jazz chords. He's playing, like, these crazy scales. I'm like, he knows what he's doing. Like, I haven't seen someone. And he's writing music that call it whatever genre you want. Like, people will listen and love this music. So it was, it was very much redeeming. It was, it was redemption. Oh, cheers, man. So I'm, I want I want to know because you don't see that every day. Mm. what is like what what's your drive to be a guitar player like that what because most people that learn this to level that you play at don't go in the front man songwriter position right sure sure like what what was your like need to constant to be a great guitar player you're just always learning yeah oh my gosh i 
Well, because that was my ther- that was the centerpiece of my therapy growing up. I I played piano for years, and the relationship between finger and thing that was actually vibrating was disjointed because you had a key that was then hitting the string, like your your and because of that, I just didn't feel like I could express myself the way that I wanted to. Uh, and then once I discovered guitar, man, it was it was because I my mouth oftentimes gets ahead of my brain. And I, I used to be very quiet because of that. I, I was very, uh, what's it called? Nervous as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. And with guitar, my fingers never hesitated. My Ooh. fingers knew exactly how they wanted to be told or how they wanted to speak. And because of that, I think, I had this love for playing guitar that, you know, I loved playing guitar more than I, could, more than I liked speaking half the time. And uh, I didn't even start singing till till late in high school, and that was like, it was it was always guitar playing. It was always curiosity driving this wheel. And the thing that actually got me started was a, a film called August Rush. I don't know if you're familiar, Dude. right? With oh the, my god, <sighs> he puts the guitar on the ground and he's playing it like a drum. And I grew up as a drummer. My dad's a drummer, and that yeah. was the first instrument that I mm. looked towards because he was doing it. And then, actually, funny enough, he took piano lessons to then get me to play piano. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he sort of incepted that one. Uh, cheers to you, Dad. Yeah, well done. It was mom and Dad, Mom and Dad. Um, but yeah, I didn't know that you were that people were capable of playing a guitar in a way that captured every aspect of my curiosity. Wow. Uh, rhythmically, melodically, and and personality that could be captured with a guitar like you, it's just endless yeah and what's so funny is it's the dumbest instrument ever it's six strings and a fucking neck like there's just hit it you just hit it and <laughs> what's so cool about that is that there's so many different people that speak so differently that everybody has a voice through it which is beautiful and uh uh i guess the thing that brought me to how I play now um, is curi- simply curiosity of what what can I do today that's different than what I've done yesterday, like what why why this why that uh, how did this person say that? Yeah. Um, a huge inspiration for for that was uh, John Mayer. Growing up, oh. I saw Where the Light Is that that documentary changed my life. It was August Rush, then seeing um, uh, Dominic Miller play with Sting and going, oh my God, this dude is. <laughs> the nastiest right hand of all time oh. and then going oh my god john mayer's a human being i didn't know that we're i thought there were five guitars playing and it's just one. Oh, he's he's so special the beginning of i think the first song on that record is neon and he plays it yeah. acoustically in a freaking like just stadium just on that freaking six string i was just mm-hmm. like oh that whole that start to finish that is probably one of the best shows ever played hands down just genius so just spewing genius spewing genius man (laughs) undoubtedly and that that was a huge thing and then i discovered guys like uh uh uh, bb king through him i kind of traced what's so cool about guitar players and what's so cool about musicians is you get hyped on somebody that is current and then you trace their genealogy musically oh and you go okay why does herbie hancock sound the way that he he sounds and then you go oh because of whoever right boom boom yeah and then you go, uh, I, I guess a better, why is Corey Henry sound like Corey Henry? And then you go, oh, Herbie Hancock, oh, uh, name whoever you want to. Yeah, I absolutely. can do this way better with guitar players. You're fine. Yeah, I don't know why I chose key slayers. It doesn't make any sense. but It's like the Stevie yeah. Ray Vaughan Hendrix thing, you know? Right. To to Albert King, to yeah. uh, 
yeah, there's the lineage is so important. And when you get excited about one person, then you go backwards. You trace the steps. And that that to me was so exciting because I loved so many things that John Mayer was doing. I loved so many things that uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Derek Trucks was doing that when you find out about guys like Dwayne Allman and, and guys like uh, Dickie Betts and guys like uh, uh, Jimi Hendrix or, or C.B. Ray Vaughan, there's only pure excitement yeah. for a kid to just go, oh my God, I can be loud and you, my parents can allow me to be that loud? Yeah. I can scream all day on a guitar? Hell yeah, let's yeah. fucking do it. <laughs> like no matter, yeah. I whatever. can get heavy, I can go crazy, I mean, I can feel yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> exactly man my guitar teacher once told me he told me multiple times uh he said the left hand is your brain your knowledge mm. your right hand is your soul Ooh. he's like because everyone can learn this amount of stuff but not everyone can touch it the way you can wow that's and, beautiful and i think that's like it's so true and that's and that's what i think that's getting lost a lot because not a lot of people are willing to take this knowledge to the next level and that's what i mean with you like mm. you really you know your chords, you know your, you know, you know, you know the voicings, you know all this stuff. And it really, as a singer, I do the same thing. Like as a singer, it changes your ability to take the song to the next level. Because all of a sudden, this chord has a, you know, the the top note on it matches the melody. You're writing a melody, and now your singing becomes easy, right? Mm -hmm. it becomes the easiest part of this. But when you throw your standard open chords, there's only so much you can do to make it sound different, right? Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like when I saw it, I was like, see, that is why. Because this guy has so much knowledge, he's really studied the guitar, and he's applying it that his right hand can lose its freaking mind and just yeah. pour so much. There's so much more to be said. It's like it's almost like learning a language, right? You learn 25% mm -hmm. of a language, and then you want you get to become an adult, and you want to tell someone exactly how you feel, but you can't because you only know 25% of this language. Mm -hmm. There's a whole 75% of it, all these other words that stand for all these feelings you're having that you haven't learned yet. Ex I, you're nailing it on the head, man. Exactly. So I, I really, really appreciate the the fact that you did. I was like, just oh, such such hope. <laughs> but uh, but Thank I. You. So I mean, like, because curiosity is one thing, absolutely. But that shit isn't easy. Like learning those chords, those scales, the arpeggios, the you know the chord changes, the key changes, how to so like all this stuff. Like, there's obviously something that it, it, I, I don't know. For me, and it totally could be just curiosity. But for mm. me, like as curious as I get, like that stuff is hard and it's super easy to like, you know what? It's fine. I just don't want to do this right now. It's too much. It's mm -hmm. taking away from the creative aspect. Like I feel like there's a threshold for every guitar player that they have to break through to be like, now this is what I'm embarking on. Did you have a moment where you're like, I'm a good guitar player, but I want to be better really hard. What, what, like what drove you to break through that kind of like, this is the hard stuff. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, so, mm. I think what's great about guitar is that everything is scalable, which is not a play on words, I promise. <laughs> good one, um, <laughs> damn it. Um, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, there's. <clears throat> if you learn one thing, it instantly applies to everything else. And what's cool about that is tracing fundamentals and getting back to, which I constantly do. I... I I realize if I want to take a step forward, I have to make sure that every step before was correctly placed. Mm. And the ones that are before me can, the only way that I can take this next step is if, is if, uh, think of it more like a chain, actually. I can't add another chain if the weight of it is going to break the rest or break yeah. one that's way, way earlier. So for example, I was trying to learn this um, Stevie Ray Vaughan lick recently, and I realized that my picking wasn't on par with the... Like I, I didn't have the skill set to actually make the 
the the the lick work yeah and i was like oh wow so the fundamental needs to be worked on to then accomplish this and then the moment i went back and did that i was like oh well this is easy but so so it's approaching things as if they are easy but knowing having the awareness of the steps that are that need to be taken because a lot of people see the 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 mountaintop and they go i want to get there but they're not recognizing the individual footsteps that it takes to get there and having a teacher i think this is really important because having a teacher that can tell you or or be almost a navigational system for you uh uh for each step that you take saying oh you can't take that step unless you go back and you go because your right hand picking needs to be worked on yeah so absolutely that like once you work on the easy like it's so little baby steps like if you get that fundamental picking strategy together then apply it to this new lick the lick is there. It was always it was always there. Yeah, you just needed to unlock it. You know, the, yeah, approach absolutely. like a video game, right? <laughs> no, I, I think that's probably one of the best approaches I've ever heard. Mm. And because uh, it, it sounds it sounds so simple when you say it, but how often do people really think about that? Especially having right. a teacher. I like that you said it's a navigation because you know mm. how you know because hiring a teacher doesn't automatically make you better. Teachers can be like, this is what you need to be taught, mm. but you got to sit there and you got to learn it. You know, you got to sit there and practice it. Like, you know, alternate picking. You know, you remember those days when you were like, click, 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 click. Like, you had fucking nightmares. Oh, my God. I mean, for days and hours just until you're really fast. And I see these guys that shred, like, they're tapping and, like, sweeping and all this crazy. I was like, I can't do that. Like, I can play really fast, but I can't do that. And I remember, like, that not too long ago, a few months ago, I sat down to learn this, like, crazy, like, it was like this uh, neoclassical lick, just shredding. I really like this lick. Sick. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't yeah. learn it. Couldn't do it. I tried and I tried, no matter how much I practiced, I couldn't do it. Really? And very much what you're talking about. I was like, it wasn't that I couldn't do it, is that I didn't learn how to do this one movement, this one thing with the pick. I couldn't, I couldn't uh, pick in between the strings properly. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn that technique well enough. And once I figured that, like once I sat down and did that, it's very much what you said. I was like, oh, this stuff's not actually hard. You just have, like you said, the fundamentals. So. But, it, it, but I think you're right. Like as a guitar player, you you all you all of a sudden get good enough to impress people. Mm-hmm. But then you have to say, forget that. What is the next level of guitar playing? I have to dumb myself down with my ego, and then I have to say, Oh my god, what do I need to learn to be able to do this? Because what impresses people is like not that much. <laughs> True. Oh my god. Well, I, I think John. De- I watched this video uh, that John Diversa put out, talking about skill set versus soul, mm. and how excuse me it's it's soul and intention and then uh skill set well i like that intention because intention is everything it's yeah. like what are you trying to communicate how are you supposed to make this feel right and the reason why he was talking about uh, uh two ladders that are that are mutually exclusive and always climbing at the same time but you can't it's like when you when you go with you know your right hands on the le- the right ladder and your left hands on the left ha- ladder mm-hmm. only one can move at a time and both because they're mutually exclusive, they rely on each other, sure. Wow. But with when your soul and when your intention reaches a point where it, it supersedes the skill set, you have to go back to the skill set to then eventually supersede, or I, th- I don't know if that's uh, the correct word, but yeah, like for sure. to surpass, boom, that's the word, to sur- uh, surpass because, yeah. the soul. And then oh when you get my. too technical, then soul needs to be worked on. And so it's this constant ebb and flow left and right and left and right. And I'm going to sell this little segment well, hey, as a, a guitar copyright. lesson. <laughs> yeah, copyright John DeVersa. That's literally the greatest thing I've heard for guitar playing. It's beautiful for any instrument. 
That's any yeah. instrument, any approach, musically, uh, and I think for any, like honestly, sketching, anything, drawing, anything, yeah. that's the same thing. It's it's skill set. It's skill set. Then it's in soul and intention and skill set, soul and intention. And for anybody who's like learning guitar, or learning anything out there musically, keep that little teetering thing on your mind because if you're struggling with uh, something, anything, that's probably the issue. Is you haven't jumped between left or right. Uh, wow. and, and that's totally fine. Like d you can't beat yourself up for that because it's not, it's just the awareness of where you need to work. Wow. You're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> John Diversa, dude, that's not absolutely me. Absolutely <laughs> love that. That is, Hell yeah. that is so important. That is so incredible. Crucial. Crucial. Now with that being said, the skill and the soul, do you mm. think your level of skill has led to the style of music that you play? Oh, that's a great question. I think my curiosity. So, Okay. The reason why I always fall back to curiosity is because that is my navigational tool. I love asking what if on the guitar. I love asking the what if factor. It's literally where my music right. comes from, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, what? Uh, this is great. Um, <laughs> there was one thing that, uh, do you know, oh God, what is his name? He's, I love Instagram because it, it leads, okay, there's, it gets me incredibly excited and then incredibly self-conscious at the same time with guitar playing because it's All the, the greatest most... platform to discover guitar playing. Exactly. That's why I like Instagram. It's the only reason I like Instagram. <laughs> I, amen. And I get, I'm like, oh my God, this person's so good. And if I'm in a, a, a sort of a lousy mindset, I'm like, fuck, man. And then if I'm in a great mindset, I'm like, yo, I want to jump in. Like, I want to like, I want to learn yeah. this. And one of those guys that gets me every time, I'm obsessed with watching his videos. Uh, shit, I'm going to find Mateus him. Mateus Asado? Mateus is, okay, no, he's a genius. Okay. There's okay. a guy who I think... I, I I think is just pure genius. His name is escaping me. It'll come to me later. It'll come to me later. But he um he was doing this sliding thing on the B string that it was the B string and the D string that he 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 slid and then did a uh like a a, a half step above on the E string. But it it just led to this like this stretching feeling of a chord. And um, if I actually can I grab a guitar and show you what I mean? Yeah, grab a cool? guitar. I got like forty of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one. One of them has a broken string. So. This guy looks like fun. That's that's my performing artist series. That is beautiful. Holy shit. All right. So. This is wonderful. This. I get I get to you know what I want to take a picture of that. That. <laughs> so. Oh God! What is his name, dude? Oh, that's beautiful. Um. <laughs> anyway, he goes like this. Okay. It's like this beautiful stretching feeling that extends the chord. So. Oh yeah, very well, very much like Matei Sasato, that new style right. where like that kind of like that quick half step slide, mm -hmm. like you play the chord and you take like one of them, you know that, yeah, that right, right. there, like the. It blends everything together, right? It's almost like oh. there was never a chord chain. It's so fluid. Ex it's fluid. It's, it's incredible. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm so glad you picked up the guitar. I'll have to do a, another one where you just play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> next time, man. Next time. Um, but yeah, that was that was such a. I had no idea how to do that, and mm -hmm. he he did these sort of lessons for a little bit uh, that I got. Um, I didn't dive into other ones, which I wish I. You know what? Now that I say that, I'm I'm gonna go do that when I get home. Uh, but that little detail led to so many other discoveries on the guitar that I said, mm. well, what if I used the same principle of this movement? but placed it in a completely diff different place on the neck, on a different string, on a different uh, formation, like using, instead of being stacked on top of each other on the same fret, why not 
displace on different frets and then do a similar slide with a yeah half just step. just the technique itself and put it everywhere else you know exactly yeah and that's what i mean you learn one thing and all of a sudden it opens up an entire world of possibility elsewhere yeah but a lot of people stick to that one thing and say it's supposed to stay here and well it's like the eddie van halen uh the eruption right that was what tapping was right well look where tapping has gone just by that same exact concept now we have blah, 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 like all right. these fucking like all five or all four fingers tapping at the same time around wild stuff you know and it's, it's very true like you know uh paul gilbert is very famous for that you know mm. super up he like bends really high and then he just oh, slightly yeah. taps it Ugh. like that wasn't around all the time exactly like this, i mean just simple concepts that totally change everything especially as a songwriter mm. you know you find that one thing and it's like one song can be written one way and you learn one new technique and then it's an entirely new song. Oh my God, yeah. I love that. And and some songs I've realized, requ like some songs you kind of have to leave at a distance because you go, there's a skill set that's waiting for you. Oh, There's I something that. that has to, like, or I haven't lived a part of my life yet to write this song. There are yeah. three songs that I'm sitting on going, I, I don't have the correct, because the song feels a certain way and I haven't felt that way exactly yet. And I know that once I do, or like once something stupid happens, or I make whatever mistake, right? Yeah. That will lend itself perfectly to those circumstances, oh, dude. And that's, I mean, a perfect segue to songwriting. Like that is crucial. And yeah. actually, that little da -da 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 -da, um, uh, uh, melody line, just learning that has led to so many songs themselves, which yeah. is fucking wild to me, man. Oh yeah, it, it's, it's incredible. Everything weaves within itself. Well, it's, it's so cool because, like, we expect inspiration to come outward, right? You know, everything's outside. But sometimes right. learning one tiny thing, it's not even the fact that it's someone else's song or riff. It's mm -hmm. the its the technique, right? Learn one other thing, and it's like, oh, now I have this in my arsenal. Mm. Let's see if I blend this with everything else. And it's just, like, overflowing with this new stuff. It's the best feeling. I mean, I remember growing up as a little kid where, like, everything was new, where it's, like, mm -hmm. alternate picking was a new thing. I remember the first time – I will never forget this. The first time I ever heard – the major seven arpeggio. Oof. My guitar teacher played it, and I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yes. I was like, I don't care what we're doing. You're going to teach that to me right now. Yes. So he taught me pattern four, the first, you know, the only one pattern. I did that for weeks. That's all I did. Oh, my weeks. God. I love it. Up and down. I couldn't get enough of that sound. I was like, mm. what the hell is this? And then he's like, go listen to Danny Elfman. Well, what does Danny Elfman use all day? The major seven arpeggio. The wanted. Uh, like. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, and, and everything, everything. It was just, and I just became obsessed. And like, I remember those feelings and not that you can't have those anymore, but like very much what you're talking about. Like you have to go search for that now. Like you get to a certain level. It's like, like very much like, oh, this is what's impressive. This is learning. Now you get to a level where you have to search for those things because mm -hmm. there's not a curriculum of what's going to make you better. It's, it's a totally open world. It's a musical instrument. It's completely infinite. What's your next step? Exactly. And that's why curiosity drives it. Yeah, you have to have it. It's, yeah, exactly. Because you're going well. It's it's curiosity for the search for that feeling. Mm. It's and and trust. Actually, sorry. That's the reverse of what I think I'm trying to say. It's um that feeling is a result of chasing curiosity. Because once you okay. discover something new and leaving that box completely wide open, you're going, oh, there's that feeling again. Now I feel invigorated. Now I feel saturated. Now songs pop out. Well, it's crazy because it's even like this physical craving. Like you don't, mm. you don't want to do anything. You want to stay home all day and you just want to play that one thing like over oh. and over because it just feels so right. Exactly. It's, uh, it's. I mean, for lack of a better term, not that there is a better term, it's orgasmic. Yeah, it, no, it, it really, really is. is. So actually, let me, let me ask you this: Have when you pick up a guitar, is there one thing that like no matter what, if you pick up your guitar, that's the first thing that comes out? 
Oh, I don't know. I think there's a there's a handful of things that I immediately mm. gravitate to, and I and this I've actually been asked before. There's a handful of things that I gravitate to based on my mood, and it's not necessarily like the song oh, wow. or the sound. It's the feeling, the mm. shape, right? So like there's there's shapes of the of chords of the guitar. Like if I'm finger picking, like something about holding mm. and getting my physical body. Like I pick it up and I grab, depending on how I'm feeling. And then once I've grabbed the guitar in that shape, I move from there. Kind of, it's not intentional, but it just naturally happens. Like so there's the like, relationship between hand and instrument governs what that I choice. Yeah, it's like well, you know how I'm cool. feeling, what's going on. I pick it up, and all of a sudden I just immediately gravitate towards like whatever it's this quarter, that quarter. Maybe I just want to like you know run scales or whatever it is. Just it's like this immediate touch, Love and that. I know where my body is, and then yeah, my yeah. mind and soul have to keep up. You know, hell yeah. But okay. uh, but yeah, I don't I don't think anything specifically that I gravitate towards to um, every time. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I mean definitely. You know the Maroon Five song secret from uh, songs about Jane. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That like I think it's an A minor. That A minor walk down. Mm-hmm. That's very much that 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 walk down. Not from that song, but that song. A lot of songs use that. Let's be real. But that kind of like groove walk down is very much one of those things for me too. Love Just that. Just like yeah, yeah. Because it's like I don't know what way I'm gonna go, and that's that middle ground of like if I groove, I can either get heavy or I can get dark. It's you know sad, get happy, you know. Grooving is so is like the core of like, for me as a guitar player, picking up a guitar, groove is the core. Start oh. at the groove, and then you'll know where you want to go. I love that you say that too, because that's also the biggest learning curve that you can have is is grooving with other people. It, the, if you want to learn how to play an instrument, go play with other people. Like get your <laughs> basics down, of course, but but sit in. The yeah. classroom is is live. The classroom is live. Oof. do it <laughs> i love that you can Jamie. only learn so much by yourself and and uh one of my friends he and i um we were hanging out the other week and it was like four in the morning we were just we were we were having such a good time everybody laughing and he turns to me he goes you know man i was thinking about this recently and i got i uh friends take you places that you can't go by yourself Ooh. and the same thing is can be said about a community of musicians and in, in a band like that will take you places that you cannot go by yourself playing with other people other people the community the 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 group will take you places that you cannot go by yourself i love that wow beautiful stuff man that's a good perspective to keep too you know Mm. every time you like feel hesitant or nervous because i mean there's a lot of nerves that go into this people think stepping on stage is the hardest part like with nerves it's totally not that's the easiest part in my opinion amen nerves are like talking to the other musicians deciding whose opinion (laughs) matters most like sharing your opinion like Mm. am i gonna you know mess something up you know so I think reminding yourself of that, like, you know, they take, you're going to go somewhere where you couldn't go without, you know, by yourself. I, I love that. I think yeah. that's like a fucking right on top of your bed, you know, put up a <laughs> sign so you see that every morning, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good way to determine friends, you know, fellow musicians, all that. I love that. Yeah, it keeps the heart open, man. That's that's the point right there. So so let me ask you something. With sure. with all your talent, all the songs, I mean, you you hit everything on the head, the nail on the head, on, you, on, on all the on all the categories. If I was a record producer, if I was like a manager, like I'd see you as like this kid is a gold mine, <laughs> you know, not just money, but not monetary purposes oh, only, but like everything. And like I could stand by this, and I mm-hmm. would stand by this. Have you been approached by labels? And if not, what 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 is what is your opinion? Like, would you go down that route? Because I feel like you're at a level where like, yeah, you could be the next, you know, artist that they want to pour everything into. Right. Well, hey, thank you, man. First off, that was really sweet. <laughs> um, right now, I am. Uh, it, it's funny. The, the whole LA thing has happened many times, where 
people come up to you and they go, oh my God, I want to, I want you to meet whoever. And I know this person. And a lot of it has just turned into feeling like empty words. Yeah. And I've, my mentality has always been actually similar to what you were talking about. It's like, fuck waiting, fuck dealing with other people. I mean, okay. So to a certain extent, like when it comes down to your own, because I've, I've set up five tours by myself and toured the country and played hundreds and hundreds and booked hundreds and hundreds of shows for myself. I want to walk through that and after this, by the way. Abs- absolutely. <laughs> and what's wild about that, man, is when you when you realize how much you're capable of bringing other people on, um, again, it comes down to other people will bring you places that you cannot go by yourself. And recognizing what I wanted to do by myself, there's like I, I love doing a lot of shit. And realizing that people come when when you don't want to do okay. Uh, uh, getting back to the question here You're because this is I like this. Uh, uh, recognizing when you don't want to do stuff is really important, and realizing that other people who want to do that stuff for you and with you as part of the team, that's when they start coming in. Um, once you've done everything, okay. Once you've done your part. Right. And, but you have to do your part is what you're saying. You ha- Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, so recognizing the point at which you start building your team is really important. And mm-hmm. for me, uh, I've been approached by, by so many fucking people, but it wasn't time and it didn't pan out and it wasn't, it didn't feel right. That's the most important thing. It didn't yeah. feel right. And recently, actually about a year ago, almost exactly now, um, one of those circumstances happened where it's like, Hi, I know this person and, and or actually it was even it was even better. I played a house show and after playing a three hour gig, it was like this heart wrenching, gut wrenching oh. cover gig for three hours. I was driving an hour and fifteen minutes to get to this house show. I was stressed out. I was like, fuck this. I've been playing like I just need a release of playing my own music and I'm gonna be late to this show. So I'm not gonna get a chance to play my own shit. And I call this dude, I'm like, yo man, I'm so sorry. It's a drive that's like way too long for me. And he's like Oh my God, man, I got a drink waiting for you. I got a fucking, it was in K-Town too. So yeah. thousand gig in Thousand Oaks, uh, house show in K-Town. No. Yeah. Like, Where'd you play in Thousand Oaks? It was like a, it was a cover, restaurant cover gig. I don't even, I honestly don't even remember because that was the insignificant part of the night. But I ended up getting <laughs> so out curious. to this. No, no, sure, sure, sure. It just was, it was like heart wrenching though. I, I completely detached myself from that. <laughs> now you're driving down to you know K Town, which is right. a mess of a drive and a mess of a parking job at the same time too. Oh my god! So he goes, he he answered my two questions and my two worries. He goes, Nico, take your time. Don't stress about coming here because the first band hasn't even got on yet. You're gonna be in the middle of the two bands. I wanted to squash you between them. And um, I got a parking spot waiting for you. I I put a cone out, dude. Like, don't even worry about it. This is zero stress. Godsend right there. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my god, thank the Lord. I am I am close to tears at this fucking point. And I uh, I finally make it to the place. He gives me a beer. We we cut it up because we hadn't even met at that point. And he's just told, he's just the man. And we're having such a good time. Another friend of mine shows yeah. up and. I'm just having like the best time and then I get on stage and I fucking put everything Ooh, man I it, it was one it. of my favorite shows everything into it and right after the show this girl runs up, the sweetest girl comes up to me she goes who the fuck are you are you signed <laughs> and I'm like those two I will never forget those two questions because I'm going 
sorry, I don't even know your name and you're swearing at me. Who are like, you? what's going on? <laughs> yeah, she goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm Danny, whatever. Um, ends up being one of the sweetest girls and says, I want, I want you to meet my boss. I want you to meet um, this guy I work for. And I'm going, oh, okay, cool. This is another person saying they want me to meet whoever. I wake up the next morning to an email at 8, like 7.30 a.m. Meanwhile, it was like a show on Saturday night. This girl's sending me an email at 7.30 on a Sunday morning, mm. which is the day that you're supposed to sleep in and not get out of bed till whenever. I already like it. And I'm going, <laughs> whoa, this feels different. And she was a sweetheart. Meanwhile, like everything about this this group of people was on fire. I, I was so, so in love with that moment. And it turns into this, um, this thing where I am walking into Rob Cavallo's house the next day, Monday morning, and Rob has since become uh, a dear friend, mentor, and part of the team, and has really, um, as well as producer, and and so he and I are putting a record together right now, uh, slowly but surely, and it's been a such an adventure over this past year of getting to know the community of his friends and and his family and Danny, and I um I couldn't be more at ease with the circumstance that I'm in uh, just because it has it started with such a genuine place and it started and it feels so good to be in that room. So are, are you, are, did you sign anything with these people or is it just like, hey, let's all build something together or ah, in between? I'm just, so, I'm kind of curious because <clears throat> I like that. I think what you're talking about, this experience that you had, that you love mm. this, you love that moment, you love these people, like regardless of what comes after that, that's the core of it. Whether you're independent, whether you sign, whether like that, right. I love that you had that experience. It was a beautiful, beautiful place because it was honest and it was real and it was inst it was uh, effortless. And yeah. I was I had just gotten off tour, uh, a whole bunch of family stuff had happened, and I was in a very like chaotic sort of all or nothing mindset of like, fuck it, you know, yeah. this is, okay. I'm going to give everything and whatever happens, happens. Wow. I'm here to just ride. And I, uh, for those who don't know, Rob Cavallo is one of the most unbelievable record producers and, and just gems of the industry. And he is so, uh, he's a beautiful translator from artist to record. And his capability to do that is is in my eyes. I mean, I I don't. He's he's genius. He's an absolute genius. I love the way you put that. And he's a tra yeah, he's a translator. I think that's the best way to. I think that's so that's incredible. It. I've never heard that. I like um, that. Yeah, man. I've 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 spent enough time with him. And like, yeah. Um, so you've held out because you you felt that it wasn't right, and then when something exactly when it felt right, you knew exactly now. What I, what I, my question is with that, because that's not easy to do. Mm. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what your experiences were and I can't imagine it was hard. It was easy for you to like give up things that seemed like really big opportunities, mm -hmm. but they didn't feel right. And you trusted your gut now to trust right. your gut at that level to, to possibly be giving up huge opportunities or mm -hmm. huge opportunity to put quotes on that. Cause right. everybody's got a huge opportunity for you. Exactly. Um, you really have to stand by what you do. You really have to believe in your music. You really have to believe in your capability, your performance, everything from the ground up. And exactly. I think that shows the most, and that is unstoppable. Mm. Um, a lot of people, a lot of musicians, a lot of artists, a lot of anybody have trouble doing that. Do you have like a mantra? Do you have things that you walk yourself through, things you tell yourself every day that allow you to stand by your stuff? Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, This that's a beautiful question, <clears throat> man. Um, so I, I started meditating a lot last year 
uh, and that I think actually what led to this opportunity was a result of my um, my uh, meditation practice. I don't, I don't want to be like that spiritual guy who's like, I started meditating and like everything fell into place. You spend too much time in LA. People, the world right. meditates. Meditation is a real thing. Feels. It is. It's, LA has made it very <laughs> taboo almost. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I meditate every day, so go for it. I love that. And, and I think what's interesting about meditation is when you calm, it's never about controlling. It's never about, uh, it, it's more about letting go than controlling anything in your life. And when I, when I meditate, because I do it every morning and every night, and until I find that place where things become a little quieter and... The more I focus on on where I'm going to go or where I want to go, the, the more stressful I get or stressed out I get. Mm. And I think the most important thing to tell yourself when you wake up or, or during the day to like really stand true to what you're doing and who you are. Um, yeah, it's it's always been about Nico, you are enough. Like you're you're you are only capable of what you're capable of and and love it. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Like there's no reason to um the more you try to define yourself the more struggle the more frustrated you're going to get because that. when you fall s short from your expectations that's when you blame yourself and that's when you get frustrated and that's when you judge and that's when you like just the the whole fucking tornado starts spinning in your head and you can't escape that um so that's i try not to promise myself anything that i can't keep and um, the personal relationship has always focused on uh, 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 that allowance. It's it's all about allowance. It's like saying, you know, <clears throat> today I am going to allow myself to be myself hmm. completely. I'm going to, I'm going to, if I am myself, then everything that is for me will fall into place. Hmm. Um, I will not judge myself. I don't want to judge myself. Why would I do that? Why would I put myself in a box? Um, and the less I try to define myself, I think the more success comes that way in, of, in relationships kind of, in not, not success in like, no, yeah, I, absolutely. I understand for but sure. Just like joy, like joy is way closer and way at hand. And it's always through action. The more I think, sorry, actually that's the best way to put it. The more I think, the more frustrated I am. <laughs> yeah. So leaving, leaving, uh, action versus anxiety, right? Exactly. Yeah always act go do something clean your bedroom like wake up and clean like that's my that's my i always tell myself that like go fucking clean your bedroom or yeah. or go draw something or go write or go play guitar without any agenda but it's through it's through unhindered action uh actually what's a better way to put it i think i think i wrote it down to this morning it was stagnant circular thought is the problem mm. and and blind action or not blind action but uh uh silent action is the cure interesting yeah that's that's really it's really cool too because it's like your ability to be confident in yourself is not coming from the fact that you convince yourself that you're good enough that you talk you just mm. you live your life and because you've become so accustomed to you know taking action when mm -hmm. things do come around that you know like the big opportunity or things do right. come around that may you know affect you you feel it immediately and you know not to go with that no matter what level and that i think that's incredible exactly well cheers yeah that's that's a mentality that i i because mm. yeah it, it's about it's about going this is what i'm gonna 
this this is what I'm going to do. This is this is my action, and I'm going to still hold true to that, regardless of of uh, result, because mm. result doesn't matter. It's yeah. it's do I want to do this? Great, do it. It's um whether or not you deserve it. That's a huge thing in my brain. Doesn't matter. Does not yeah. matter. If, can't, can't hold on to that. Exactly. That's a huge no no. There's, um, there's no good outcome to that question. Exactly. Ever. <laughs> and uh, dislocating yourself from expectation. Yeah, it's so funny how the the more you let go with uh, uh sorry, the more you let go from the things that you want is the 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 moment that they show up on your doorstep. Wow. And that's the that's true with it's because you have life, that with, moment you say you want something you have an expectation, right? And that's when you uh that's when you define it as something that you don't have. Ah. So that's a huge issue. Ooh, and I so like if you say Damn. I am already this, I am this. I I am, I'm already touring the country. I'm already playing shows for hundreds of people, and and hopefully that turns into thousands. Hopefully that turns. Hopefully that builds. But I'm happy with where I am right now, and and I'm interested in growing, of course. But I don't need it to grow. I, like I'm so, it's just about centering with this moment right now. Wow. And being grateful for what you have and putting out feelers of course of what you would like and what you and envisioning where you see yourself and where you want to be but but that it, it, that's what it is it's gratefulness for what you have and the moment that you focus on that is the moment that you dislocate from what you don't have and people like stress comes from what you don't have stress comes from what you aren't and stress is being here but wanting to be there yeah. exactly and and recognizing that right now right here is perfect right yeah. like this is perfect you do not need anything more than what you have right in this moment. Unless you need a glass of water, so get a glass of water. But like that's it's a bottle there if you need it. <laughs> oh, hey, there you go. Bang. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Thank you. You're good. Mm. I, I dig that though. I like that. It's uh it's like the moment you you know, lose that center, you the first thing you jump to is pointing out the things you don't have. And who you aren't. That's wow. a huge thing. Which means nothing because it's not existent, right? Like you don't have it, you are not that. So why does it matter? But people focus so much on that, yeah. and that's what. Fuck, that's yeah. such a great. I love, I love that uh, that visual on it. That's mm. incredible. That's got me in like this state of just like, damn, the hell right. am I doing? <laughs> well, because then you realize you blame yourself. You realize you judge yourself, and then that that doesn't feel good. And uh, so I say that not in in you, but I mean like no, no, in I, general, I, like, everyone, I do that all the time. Everyone does that, yeah, totally. I'm not saying I'm 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 separate or or uh, what's it called? Yeah, but owning up to it and ma taking that, you know, the action being taken is an action to fix something that not even fix. Maybe that's not the right term, but to to rewire something in you, you know, exactly. To unlearn a habit that is forcing you down a bad path for you to say. I mean, because look, you are touring the country, you are playing shows in front of hundreds of people, you are a phenomenal guitar player, you are a good songwriter, you, you are a good, you know, you're all these things, and it's like if you took that and amplified it you'd still say you're all these things. Those wouldn't change, you know? Right. So it's about finding those 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 consistence, those things that mm -hmm. I am this, I'm happy with this. And if that's something that's not going to change no matter how much monetary value comes your way, no matter how mm -hmm. much audience comes your way, no matter how much anything comes your way, then that's a real thing. That's true. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it has to be separate from scalable objects. Yeah. Money being the you no, know primary one. Even like, play, even like guitar players, even like, because 
Yeah, it's it's about because I try to separate myself from what I do as as much as possible at the same time. When I meditate, it's like even even going back to like I have lungs, you know, I can breathe right now. That's pretty dope. <laughs> um, and being thankful for that. I, I if you center you on on being just alive, I think that that well, you got to start. Uh, like if you can, it's, it's almost like a like a movement. You know, right. train your mind to be grateful. For something. Even it's like I used, I used to do this meditation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even meditation. I'd wake up every morning. I'd walk outside. And I'd find at least 30 things to say I love you to. And I'd always mm. start with the sun. I'd look at the sun and be like, son, I love you. Oh, I love You're that. You're beautiful and I love you. Yeah. And it sounds super cliche and super L.A. and super cheesy. But what it did was it trained my brain first thing in the morning mm-hmm. to do the act of love. And to, to get gratefulness. To that love. Dude, that is one of the greatest pieces of advice I've ever heard. That is fucking awesome i'm gonna I'm, do that i'm sad that i don't do oh. it as much anymore but the days that i do it literally you live differently you truly mm-hmm. live differently you live like a you live like the king that you think you want to be oh exactly like that you are yeah that you are man That's, yeah it's it's oh. really it's really it's and, but it's why i really really like what you're getting at i think um I think that's so, so, I think people will see how much more quote unquote successful they are Mm -hmm. uh, if they pay attention to those things. Exactly. And they center themselves around those, the things that are versus aren't. So I don't mean to change the subject here, but before, before we go, I really, sorry, I'm choking here. I really want to uh, get your insight on your approach to the touring because you are by yourself. You Mm -hmm. are uh, you know, independent, you're booking your own shows. Mm-hmm. How the hell do you go about booking a tour across the country? So, or even across a state. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I, I always say start. Um, it's really fun to, to dream about doing something big, like a countrywide tour and trying to start there is uh, just like trying to learn a Stevie Ray Vaughan lick when you can't do a C chord. Right. <sighs> <laughs> and so again, the the skill set is always scalable. I think um, the first step for me was recognizing where I could play and where I couldn't, and that was different from where I wanted to play, of course, because uh, you're going. Yeah, I, I want to book Red Rocks, and it's like, oh well, I can pull ten people out in Colorado right now, so yeah. <laughs> that's not going to work. But uh, yeah, the the biggest thing for me was. Uh, the first tour I did was along the East Coast with a friend, Avery, and he and I played open mics down the down the East Coast. Hell yeah. And we just said, we know these are happening. We know that there are crowds there. There's there's no necessity for us to get people there. There's just pure... Uh, uh, show up. We just show up and we play. Simple. Super, super simple. That was like the the baseline. Anybody, literally anybody can do that if you have a car and gas money yeah. and a place to stay. I mean, like get a place to stay, of course. And then uh, after doing that, we discovered, uh, I went on tour with Victoria Canal. That was 10 shows on the East Coast. And then the next summer I booked from as, south, as far south as Savannah, Georgia to as far north as like Boston and Rhode Island. So did you just call these venues? Did you yeah. email them? Did you say, hey, I'm coming through with, the, with these dates. Are you available? Oh, 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 that's a great question. So the means by which I connected with them, uh, we, I had a few connects through that tour that I did with Victoria. Mm-hmm. And then I realized there was a, okay, there was a blog called Ari's Take. Uh, Ari Herstand is a dear friend now. And, and I was using his touring blog forever beforehand. And we finally met and that was a whole other story. But uh, he showed me, I should, I should actually preface that 
that blog showed me how to put together a good EPK and what and put together the things that were necessary to get a general understanding of what you're going to be on on stage because that's all venues are looking for they're looking for one are you going to bring money our way that's yeah. of course primary and then two are you decent like are you a good show like can you actually play can you can you sing can you perform well see there's a difference because venues care about that promoters don't mm -hmm. sure well promoters are are the side of like numbers through the door people like, through the door if you scream into a microphone for 30 minutes i don't give a shit as long as you bring people exactly so. exactly so it's convincing them that one you're going to be good and then two well one, you're going to bring people. Two, you're going to be decent. Now, there are two circumstances that uh, 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 govern whether or not you're getting the gig. So if you're dope and they want to see you on their stage, they will book you. Whether or not you bring people... Uh, if there's a band that you connect with online that's going to bring people and, and you're really dope and you can convince people of that, they'll book you. If you can bring people and you're having trouble convincing people that you're dope, they will book you as well. But it's it's better to focus... Like, you shouldn't be touring unless you're dope. Or yeah. that... Unless you're really... Okay, that's... <laughs> you know what? I totally agree with that. A, if you step on stage, you make a very serious statement, and you right. say, my stuff, like, I'm... Like, everyone in here, including me, is worthy of listening to this. Like, this is worthy of being listened to. Right. I know it sounds really harsh, but I think... Yeah, I, I'm a very... I'm a hard-ass when it comes to the stage. Amen. And I think... Don't... Don't... Ah... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to discourage people from doing it. I, I don't want to like make it sound snobby. I don't want to make it sound anything other than what it is. It's it's really important to be honest with yourself in exactly where you are musically. And I started touring, I think, before I should have. I didn't have enough music out. I didn't have enough uh, stage experience, but I did it anyway. And hell, if you want to go do that, fuck yeah, like go do it. That's the, only, the fastest way to learn is to step on stage, right? Exactly. But and there's platforms for that. There are pl that's that's what I was about to get to is you can get on stage in your town. There's always an open mic. There's always a bar you can get up and play and get your hours in. Yeah. Because the more you do that, the more people are gonna react and and the more people are going to engage, and the more time you can spend on stage capturing an audience and learning how the relationship goes between performer and uh, audience member, the more you can understand that, the better. Uh, because if you're putting on a great show in your in your hometown, then that will create its own buzz. That will create its own thing, and then other bands will want to. It's all about again comes back to the community of it all. Mm -hmm. Like other bands are going to go, oh, this person's doing really well there. Well, why not? If we come open up for them there, then they can come open up for us here, and then you start building these relationships between musicians, and then that translates instantaneously to relationships between musician and uh, uh, venue, and then. Knowing how to present yourself is really important, of course, because then uh, read Ari's take that'll step you through it or walk you through it. But, but don't like you don't have to don't you don't have to tour unless you like should. I, I don't know if that, that makes sense, but well, I think it all comes down to what you had said earlier. Like, be honest with yourself. Like, right. Like you don't have to be ready to tour. You don't have to be ready to be the best performer. You don't have to be mm -hmm. ready to like. But know where you are. Right. And know be, what you're be there. Of. And right. start there. It's very much like you said, like you can't play the Stevie Ray Vaughan look if you came and play the C chord. Right. You know, the stage is a different animal. Like you need to learn your instrument, mm -hmm. you know, learn to you know, learn what uh, writing a song is, write those songs, you know, go get a vibe. If you want to perform, go play for your family. 
right. go play for some friends go to that local bar go to an open mic night where you get one song and try a song out mm -hmm. look at who responds like there's there's re it's like research you know it is do your research market research yeah that is it right there know who you are know where you are know what's going on and then when it's time like that way like because like if you just go book a tour like and you have no idea what your sound is or what you're getting at you could book mm -hmm. all the wrong venues with the wrong audiences exactly and then you could hate exactly. your life and never do music again when all it was you just missed your target audience and that's a huge thing too man. like oh my gosh yeah uh going back to even just going to open i think start with open mic nights yeah. start with places that are really forgiving um yeah. <laughs> where you can fuck up and be spend five minutes on stage and you know take four minutes out of those five minutes and completely bomb I did I've not start there. with those places. I uh, I will tell you all. There's not a lot of feelings lower than bombing in the wrong place. Yeah, it oh I'll God. tell you what. It's the fastest way to learn. Like if you can take it, go do it. Choose the yes. hardest venue. Go fucking bomb. I have been there so many times. It worked for me, but there's no reason. You can go to open mic nights. They're yeah. available now. <laughs> yeah, and and nobody. There's nothing worse than somebody getting on stage and not knowing how to be there. Because uh, then it's just uncomfortable for everybody. Yeah, the and audience, it, you're just like, what do I do? And and so the point is, you have to go through that. You have to bomb. You, ha yeah. you it is required. Absolutely. You're never gonna get on stage for 30 minutes without having done a 10 minute set, without having done a 15 minute set, without having done a five minute or two minute set, or even a fucking song. Like that is yeah. crucial, crucial, crucial stuff. So once you can have control and not control, but once you can flow with an audience for 30 minutes, then consider going out of your hometown yeah then consider go out going out and and you know moving to a city that has a music scene that's a great way to start like i yeah. i started at open mics and now i'm touring wherever the hell it's yeah it's uh but know that it's one step at a time it's one song at a time really one you technique at a time right one technique at a time it's all the same shit I fucking love this, man. Mm. This is this is so much valuable information. Me too, man. Thank you for having me. This is such a blessing, man. Nico Frank, everyone. I mean, dude, I cannot <laughs> wait for your album. I hey, can't cheers. wait for the music to come out so I can just put you on and be like, this guy, this no. guy, this guy is what music needs to be at. Thank you, I, uh, I stand by that. Anybody, uh, make sure you guys go check him out. This guy is... Put him as a standard. Like you need to be, you need to be able to play like this. Oh shit! Oh my god! I, every time I see you play, I'm like, fuck! I gotta get better, man. I've been playing for 20 oh, years. What the Jesus. fuck have I been doing? You know? Well, thank you, man. You're a fucking genius guitar player, so that means a lot. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, and any last words? Anything you want to say before we bounce out of here? Uh, don't forget to breathe, people. Get breathe. Ready. Yeah. Enjoy yourselves. Rock and roll, man. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Peace. <laughs>